Amen. Would you stand this morning and let's praise the Lord. Glorify your name, Lord.
Amen. We could do better than that. Can we give the Lord praise? Has God been faithful to anybody this morning? Has God been good? Amen. Amen. Be seated really fast if you can. We got the, the children that are going to file in. I wanted to make a couple of announcements if we could. Um, number one, during the welcome here in just a second, we ask that you just stay in your seats. Uh, we have the children that are going to sing for just a little while. Also, there, if, if you can, if you can squeeze together and make room today. So we're trying, to, we're trying to fit as many people as we can in the sanctuary today. Also wanted to remind you to look in your bulletin about the garage sale. I know that I'm not the focus of attention right now. I understand that. And that's fine with me. And also, we want to make sure you look in your bulletin about the picnic on July 5th. RSVP for that. Does that make sense? Can anybody hear me today? All right. All right. Stand back up if you would. Stand back to your feet if you can, if you can. They're going to sing for us. Okay. All right. All right. As we sing this next song, would you please just shake hands with those that are right around you? Please try and stay in your seats. We got a lot going on this morning. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Good morning. We love you very much.
Can we give them a hand? Isn't that great? Before they go down, I want to tell you about this last week. We had well over 100, 150 young people here all day long, every day in Vacation Bible School. These are some of the songs that they learned this last week, and they have just, this place was completely transformed into a kid's kingdom. And they had a wonderful week learning about the fact that one driving message of the week was simply what you just heard, Jesus loves me. How many of you are thankful for all the workers and all the folks who spent this time working with our children this last week? We give God the glory and all the praise for a wonderful ministry to our children. Jesus be the center of it all. You stand and let's sing. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus be the center. Jesus be the center of my life.
you to reach over and take the hand of somebody standing beside you on Father's Day. There are a lot of very, very important needs in this house. As I've come through the lobby and I've come into the sanctuary this morning, just one report after another, people that need God to intervene miraculously and they say, how many of you still believe God's a miracle working God? I believe even on Father's Day that we can see a move of the Holy Spirit. I remember in 1995, they said it was a Father's Day choir at Brownsville, Little Assemblies of God down in Alabama, where the Spirit of the Lord moved mightily. Over 180,000 people were saved from that one revival. I know that God is a God who is able to move any problem, circumstance, or mountain in your way. Gentlemen, in a few moments, sang a beautiful song this morning mountain get out of my way <laughs> how many of you believe we can speak to that mountain in the name of jesus i want you as you're holding the hand of somebody right there i want you to have faith with me the bible says if any two agree agree what's that mean that means we pray the same thing i want us to pray the same thing over our brothers and sisters that god will bring victory he'll bring healing he'll bring his guidance his provision his deliverance are you with me if you are say amen. amen then let's pray right now for one another father as we come before you we believe all over this sanctuary that there'll be a move of god lord every mountain in the way every trouble or trial that we're going through we bring it to you today i ask you to minister lord where marriages need to be restored in the name of jesus christ we stand in agreement god praying the same prayer that lord you will be glorified honored and lifted up in that restoration Many are facing surgeries. Lord, some are facing cancer. We ask in the name of Jesus, you would reverse that order of the doctors. And Lord, that you would turn the report around. We believe this morning and know that you are able to heal to the uttermost. We've seen it before. It's not something that we have a hope for and a pie in the sky theology. But Lord, your word declares you are the healer. 
So we bring every need to you today. We ask you to touch in the name of Jesus Christ. All authority, all power given in that name. We bless you. We praise you. We know that you have heard us. And Lord, like David, we'll cry out. We absolutely cried before the Lord. And he heard us. And he delivered us out of all of our troubles. We give you the honor and the praise in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed and said amen. Amen. Give him great praise this morning. Amen. Great praise. Great praise. He's an awesome and mighty God.
Isn't that the truth this morning? He is mine. He is mine. I love that song. I love that song. That's got to be my number one most favorite song this week. I love that song. God is an awesome, mighty God. He is a God who is there. He is not some God far, far away. Bette Midler has it wrong. He's not a God from a distance. He is a God of the right here and right now. He knows where you are and what you're going through. God can be trusted. He can be leaned on. He's a rock that I can run to. He's a covert from the storm. It doesn't matter where he is. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, I just reside in his shadow. Amen? He is always there with me. He says, the Bible, the uh, psalmist said, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen? One time, give the Lord praise that he's with you. Sunday at her church. This is little Madison Lane Dooley right here. I decided I'm going to keep her. I'll see y'all later. If you don't know who this lady is, then it's been a, quite a while. So you haven't just been here in a while. This assistant, well, I call her Mimi. She's Maria. And she is back home today from Nicaragua. She's been in Nicaragua for a long time. She is like a spiritual mother, not only for Esperanza, but also for Stratford Heights and for this pastor. She tells me that she gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning and intercedes and prays for me. And she's been doing this very consistently for a long time. She prays for Pastor Brian. She prays for our church and for her family. She's home, and we don't know how long we get to keep her. Maybe a month. Well, we'll sure just, she'll dance, and she'll pray, and she'll be right here. But you know the Bible. Amen. We're praying for her daughter, Maria, who has surgery tomorrow, cancer surgery. So I want you to be lifting up Maria. She's here, uh, always here, and we want to continue to pray for her as we were in the altar tonight, today. We'll keep lifting her up, but you're, you can be seated. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, it says, give and it'll be given to you. 
The Bible talks about the gifts of God and how that he gives back to us. When a church or a preacher comes up and gives you the opportunity to worship with your gifts and your giving, it's not the church asking for your money. It's God asking for you with a thankful and a cheerful heart to worship him with your first fruits. What that means is he says, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. And then all the other things of life will be added unto you. God wants us to get into the practice of putting him at the top of our list. Amen? It's wonderful the truth we'll be hearing from Pastor Orville Robinson who will be speaking in just a moment. He speaks about the priority of, of the man in the home, the father. To step up to his rightful place and to lead, and to guide his children, his family, into putting God first. I ask you to consider the principles of God as you give today. Thankful for the opportunity that we get to worship God, to bring in thanksgiving gifts and sacrifice to him for all that he's given to us. How many of you have been blessed by God with your job, your house, your family, your children? Amen. Well, I asked, I wanted Sister Maria to come up, Mimi, because I wanted her to, to, I wanted you to see her, that she's home. And some of you, if you're new and you don't know her, well, now you do. She's me, just call her Mimi. She'll be fine with that. But I want you to pray over our offering right now. Would you do that as we worship God? Ms. Ronnie. Thank you, Lord. Gracias, Señor. Gracias porque estoy en tu casa, Padre. Bendice, Señor, a todos mis hermanos, Padre. Bendice, Señor, a tus siervos, Padre Santo, en el nombre de Jesús de Nazaret. La sangre de Cristo tiene poder. Bendito sea, Padre. Bendice todos estos siervos, Señor. Prepara para la venida tuya, Señor, a tu pueblo. En el nombre de Jesús de Nazaret. Gracias, Señor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bendice la ofrenda, Padre Santo que se va a recoger esta mañana, Señor, porque ningún cristiano puede venir con las manos vacías al templo del Señor. Gracias, Señor. Amén. 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 Coming to sing for us this morning, it's a group of gentlemen that we know very well around Stratford Heights. They're called the Men of Valor. They're going to sing about that. I believe they're going to sing about that mountain that I talked to you about. God has blessed them. They have many ministry opportunities to sing all over the place. What I love the most is that they belong to us. So enjoy them and worship with them today as well. Coming in soon as they're finished will be Pastor Orville Robinson who's going to be speaking on Father's Day for us. He is one of us, but he is also a very distinguished and respected pastor in our state. We're so thankful that he and Linda are part of our family, our church family, and he has a word for us this morning for fathers. So as we get ready for the worship and for the word, I'd ask you to worship now with the men of valor.
I had the chance to meet Maria quite a few years ago at the New Covenant Church, and she always called me Brother Pete, Peter. So it's always a, a blessing to come here. You know, today is Father's Day, and it's an honor and a privilege to be called Father. And there's no greater joy than to, to hear the words, Hi, Dad. Happy Father's Day. It's a great joy to hear those. But there's also a great responsibility that comes with the name Father. Deuteronomy 22.6 says that we're to train up a child in the way they are to go. Then when they get old, they will not depart from it. That's part of it. But God knows the heart of man, and he knows that he needs to give us a special word. So he gave us a prayer found in Deuteronomy 6, and it's called Shema. And it's the prayer that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And we are to teach our children these words. We're to train them up in the way to go. It's a great demand and a great responsibility to be a father. But we have to teach them and to supply them the words and the truth. And we have to help them build a wall of faith and trust so that when adversities come their way, and we all know that things do come against us, that they can stand and say, Mountain, get out of my way. God in the rivers, you think are uncrossable. God in the mountains, you can't tunnel through. God specializes in things thought impossible. Get out of my way The word of God is alive and true Be cast down, I'm coming through Jesus said you must obey So mountain, get out of my way Yea, though I walk through the shadow of death Mountain on the right and one on the left Faith gives me the power to say be removed from me today makes no difference big or tall when i say come down it's got to fall so mountain get out of my way mountain get out of my way i speak to you in jesus name mountain get out of my way the word of god is alive and true 
cast down, I'm coming through. Jesus said you must obey, so mountain, get out of my way. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Get out of my way, you mountain of sin. I'm not backing down this time. It is written, the victory's mine. God himself said that you must bow. So I'm telling you to move right now. Mountain, get out of my way. Mountain, get out of my way. I speak to you in Jesus' name. Mountain, get out of my way. The word of God is alive and true. He cast down, I'm coming through. Jesus said you must obey, so mountain, get out of my way. Mountain, get out of my way. Get out of my way, mountain, get out of my way. I speak to you in Jesus' name, mountain, get out of my way. The word of God is alive and true, he cast down, I'm coming through. Jesus said you must obey, so mountain, get out of my way. that one more time, I'd have felt like a mountain mover. My, you look good today. I tell you what, I think we need to, we all realize that today is Father's Day, I know that. 
But let's give our fathers a clap off and a praise. And I tell you what, let's give our pastor, he's the father of us all, a clap off in the front. Now you're going to give me that $50 after the service. <laughs> You know, right over here is a group of young people that are very fortunate. They've got those in leadership over them that love God. Good parents. Let me tell you something, kids. If you need advice, go to dad and mom. You can always come to your pastors. You're very fortunate. Amen? We have young people that's going so many different places looking for help. We ought to all be thankful for a church that gives help. Amen? That are interested in them. You know, I've preached for about 49 years. I know I don't look it, but I have. But I was looking at all these young people up here, these children a while ago, and it touched my heart. I know one time I read that one out of four end up in the prison system. I worked in the prison system for 10 years, so if I would have happened to say that when I was in jail, I was a teacher in jail. Would you look at that person and say he was a teacher? <laughs> okay, thank you. But I just counted them off in my mind. And without proper leadership, what fourth one would end up in a penitentiary? Let me say this from the onset. I really have a tremendous respect for ladies. The church of God would be in deep trouble had it not been for women. But the most important person in a household is the father. And you're not the father because you earn the money and you pay the bills and you take out the garbage. You're the man that God has placed you over these children. And the Bible requires that you train them. And that tells me if you don't train them, they can't get to where they're supposed to get by themselves. Oh, Lord. 
this machine up there in my ear just said, the battery is going dead. <laughs> I have extra batteries, but they're on my key ring. Oh, I drove my car today. There is a God. <laughs> but let me change my battery. You know, you got to, every now and then you keep your battery charged. Linda said, if you're going to preach twice this morning, I'm not going. We'll pause for a commercial. In 12 seconds, we'll be back on the air. <laughs> All right, now, where were we? <laughs> I had to get a battery charge. But I want to talk to you this morning. The responsibilities of a father. What's sad about the world that we live in today that the world is saying that fathers and ladies I'm not a male chauvinist I was Linda beat that out of me a long time ago but in the 60s and the 70s when women's lib come along they start influencing that man is not as needful as it used to be. But God said, could you stick Matthew 5 and 48 up, please? I just want you to look at what God said. And I like to put it on the screen because you'll then know that I read it, I didn't write it. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. This basis of the text is talking about love. I like the word fathers because I want to put that on you today. Fathers, in my opinion, and I told them this morning, my opinion, and $4 to get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Fathers, you are to be the example of the love of God in your home. We are the examples. Now, I don't have, I don't know any of, I mean, I know most of you, but I don't know a lot of you. And I don't know what you are at home, but I'm going to tell you, you need to be an example of God in your home.
You need to be someone that does more than pay bills and take out the garbage. You need to be the Christ-like example in your home. Like I said, I, I worked in a prison for 10 years, 65 to 75, and I told those young men, if you had had my dad as a father, you wouldn't be there. Most of the times we fathers think if we go out and we bring in a paycheck and give mom the grocery money and bill money that we have done our job. No, your job is to train them up in the way that they should go that when they get old, they won't depart from it. I'm not going to use these notes today because when I use these notes, I don't even get off the first page. It's amazing that pastor says, I've got 15 pages of notes. It would take me three weeks to preach 15 pages of notes. Someone said one time, don't you use notes? I said, yeah, I preach from them as far away from them as I can. But the greatest responsibility that a father can have is to train his children to love, to trust, and to serve God. I don't know about you, but my father could do no wrong. It was God's word and then dad's. What God said was important and we had to do it. And we wasn't allowed three times. You know, in today's world, uh, the psychologists uh, tell us that we need to, wait, uh, to give a command three times before we expect a response. My dad didn't read the book. My dad said, son, the garden will be hoed out tonight or the garbage will be taken out. Don't think, don't even breathe that I've got to watch, finish, let me watch Tom and Jerry and then I'll take out the garbage. You got up and you took out the garbage. What dad said was law. What the word of God says is law. And I don't know, in, in 49 years of ministry, I don't know how many funerals I've preached. But every time I run across one that's 75, 80, something like that, I know that they was good to mom and dad because the Bible said, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. If you want to live a long life, be good to mom and dad. And if you got trouble, you go to mom and dad. You go, go to them. Go to your church. Somebody said, well, I didn't have the father, maybe, that you, you should have had one. And that's because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. If I say something that you don't like, just say, oh, me. Okay? Because you're not paying me to do this. And somebody asked me the other day, how do you like preaching in other churches and stuff? I said, it's great because you go in and say what you want to and go home. But let me tell you something. If you've got an earthly father, you ought to respect him with everything that's in you. You see, the world that we live in today is trying to do away with fathers, saying that we're not important. We can get along better without them. And I realize that there's fathers who are drunks. I, feel, I realize that. Addicted to drugs and doing this and doing that. But they're just not doing what God wanted them to do. God purposed in their heart is to be the leader of their home. 
Do you know that all of these children up here are going to be influenced most by a father? Do you know that the Baptist Press did a survey you know, some time ago? And they found out that if a mother goes to church faithfully, 2% of her family will most likely start attending church regularly. But did you know what they found out about a father? If a father is first converted, is a faithfully attender of his church, God, trust, 93% of his family will become regular attenders in a church. And let me tell you something. What's important is the souls of these children that were here. Where are we leading these children? Are you leading them in a path of righteousness? Hey, Dad, I listened. I looked at them a while ago, and they're... they're you know, they were beautiful. You know that? Brother Ray, I pastored so long. I love to see them acting up and turning around and doing all this. I love that. But when they get 50 or 60 and start acting like that, I despise them. That's for another day. <laughs> but fathers... Our job is to take care of our family. Richard, Cameron, you have a responsibility to this church, yes. But you have a responsibility for your home. I'll never forget, Michael was preaching down in Tennessee when he was in school down there. He sent me a tape said, Dad, critique this and see what you think about it. In that tape, he said, my dad came to my... I worked two jobs. I pastored and I had a secular job. But I had time to go to my son's football practice. He noticed that. He's down Princeton Pike, went to Pastor Barry and said, I want to go down to the mission. I want to work with those people. My daughter, she's in Probosa, Texas. You say, where's that at? God only knows, and he ain't telling. <laughs> she's a music pastor. It's wife. And family, the teens pastor. Pastor, by the way, I wanted my children. Cameron, I wanted them to serve God. Richard, I wanted, I told Oregonia, I said, if I win the entire valley and lose my children, I've been a failure. Members, listen to me, not just fathers, but members. Don't expect more. Don't expect the pastor to raise your children. I was a truant officer for the school for a number of 35 years, 25 years. 
I had a lady brought, brought her son to me, and they said, they tell me at school that you're one of the greatest, you're one of the best people at handling teenagers that's in this county. She said, here, I'm bringing you my, my son. I want you to take care of him. I said, honey, how old is he? She said, he's 17. I said, come back in 17 years. If it took you 17 years to get him in this shape, it'll take me at least that much to get him out of it. Dads, don't let somebody else do what you're supposed to do in your home. Ladies, you missed a good time to shout. But it's true. He said, and I'll tell you, one of Shelly's favorite, Shelly, you don't know my daughter, but I don't know if she's ever been here with us since we've been here. But Yes, she has. Pastor Ray said she had. But anyway, Shelley was a, her, one of her favorite scriptures in the Bible. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. She used that on me. <laughs> I even went as far to look it up and to see what it meant. And it said if you're constantly criticizing or you're constantly anger or mad at your children you know how they're going to look at you as the enemy as the enemy let me tell you something I don't want my kids thinking I'm an enemy I'm grandsons now, my one, the little one that's been here and was with me one night on Wednesday night church, got up on a pew and, and, and sat, I mean, in a chair and sat and didn't move. And you all thought he was so good. He tricked you. <laughs> he tricked you. He looked at me the other day and he wanted to do something. He said, Dad, Grandpa, Papa, you are mean. I said, why am I mean? He says, you just say it one time, and that's the end. I didn't read Dr. Spock, nor did my dad. Do you know where your children are? Now, fathers, you listen to this because this is good. And if any of you have got girls coming into dating age and want to use me for a for a little while, I've got some good pointers. But Ray, it never hurt to sit in the house cleaning a shotgun when, when a guy walked in to pick her up. It didn't hurt, Cameron. You got two, so you better listen. Didn't hurt when, when they come to the door. God forbid that they'd blow the horn. You know who they got if they blow the horn? Me. I said, Are you looking for somebody? Yeah, Shelly Rob. I said, She don't live here. Another good one is say, Hey, son, you see what she looks like now? Comes downstairs. Linda, Shell had always run upstairs. 
And she'd say, she'd have to come down. She's going out with them. And when she come down, I said, boy, you see what she looks like? Yes, sir, we do. I said, that's the way she should look when you get to bring her home. Fathers, do your job. Do your job. Take care of your children. Take care of your family. And let me tell you, I told this, and I told my church. When she was young, before she got married, I said, my daughter could get pregnant just like yours. But she better come to me first. And then I'm going to act crazy and do what dads always do. And then we're going to sit down and we're going to work this thing out. See, I wanted Shell to look at me as, yes, her father. But I wanted her to look at me as somebody that could solve her problems. You're not the man because you're the biggest and the strongest. You're not the man there. Well, I'm the head of my house. What did Cassie Amberger say about that? A man would say that he's the head of the house and lie about other things. I'm the head, but I know where the neck is too, don't you? <laughs> Let me tell you. Roman law gave a father absolute authority over his family. Absolute authority. They say when a baby was born, they put the, fa- the child between the father's legs. If he picked the baby up, the baby went home with him and lived. But if he walked away from it, the baby was killed or it was slaughtered. Or it was sold on an auction block. Not a whole lot of difference today. A lady from Middletown birth control place was here today and she heard it. She said 56 million have been aborted. Fathers, let me tell you something, girls. Listen to what I'm going to say right now. And Linda gets nervous when I started this, especially when I was pastoring. These guys that say, if you love me, you will do. If they love you, they won't ask. And girls, if he says that everybody else is doing it, Tell him he shouldn't have no problem finding somebody. (laughs) Tell him you're too good for that. Too good for that. Well, I'm preaching good. If I knew I was going to preach this good, I'd have come early. Brother Ray, I didn't even get to the notes. But I'm going to land this thing. And I know it's proper 
to tell you when I'm fixing to hit the airport. I see the airport. I see the airport. I've got the landing gear down. I put it down, I can pick it back up. Cameron, I've been known to circle an airport a couple of times. One of my councilmen told me, he said, Pastor, it takes you longer to land than it does to preach. But dads, I'll tell you what, you're blessed. You are blessed to be put in a position to raise children, bring children up. And that Bible, Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child. Do you know what that says to me? It can't get there by itself. A child can't get there by themselves. And if you've done the groundwork, they'll come for you for training. My daughter is, well, if I tell her, I would get close to telling Linda's. She's about 41, and she still calls me daddy. I like it. Still has respect. Let me tell you something. It makes you happy to see your children doing well. And I don't care who you are. You want that. I once read, a child learns what he or she lives. If they live criticism, they do not learn responsibility. Shame on you if you tell your children, you can't do that. Dummy. Because what they do is they grow up feeling inferior. You know, my father wasn't an educated man by any means. I think he went to the 10th grade. But you know what he always told me? He said, son, if you're going to be a bear, you be a grizzly. Be the biggest, be the best, be the toughest. You know, we ought to be bragging on our children. You know, in other words, wouldn't you talk about provoking them to anger? How many parents do we have in here that the kid has come home and had a fender bender in their car? Some of you parents don't want to admit it, do you? <laughs> You know what the best thing to do when they come home with the fenders tore up on the old car? Say, well, praise the Lord, at least you're not hurt. Thank God that they're not hurt. Stuff can be taken care of, amen? But see, our manhood is challenged if we don't beat them. Oh, you'll be... Get in there and I'll take care of you. Thank God that you're not. What that's saying to me is catch them doing something right. Don't always point out the bad things. This is wrong. You shouldn't have done this, but since you have, let's talk about it and then we're going to move on.
Don't hold it over their head for the rest of their life. Now, I know that some of you have said this, but don't say it no more. I am grounding you for the rest of your life. Pastor, if we're not careful, we do that occasionally. The child knows that you're not going to ground them for the rest of their life. But I'll tell you where you really mistreat them is when you say you're not going to watch Tom and Jerry. Oh, they don't even watch Tom and Jerry anymore, do they? But anyway, you're not going to watch the television till, for, for one week. And they get to nagging and whining and grinding. And a week, a day later, you let them watch television. Dad will say, take out the garbage. The kid don't take out the garbage. What have you trained that child to do? What you say is not important. Keep your mouth shut if it ain't important. Say what you mean and mean what you say. See, I told you I just went around the airport, but I'm fixing to come down now, okay? But let me tell you something. If you're in this building this morning, and you don't know. Dads, I'm talking to you now. You don't know Jesus Christ as Lord. This be the best day in your life to make up your mind. I'm going to be different. I'm going to ask God to come into my life. I'm going to ask God to forgive me of all of my transgressions and make me the father that he wants me to become. He wants you to love. He wants you to get to the place where your children trust you with everything. Now, don't you all tell my daughter-in-law but that little boy that you all think he's a saint, he tore a limb out of one of my trees. But he's as creative as his grandpa. He took the limb that he tore out and hid it in a pine tree. He came up to the house and he said, Papa, I've done something bad. I said, what did you do? He said, you know the tree down there? I said, yeah, the one that you've all played in, I've told you to stay away from? Yeah. He said, I tore a limb out. What'd you do with the limb? I hid it in a pine tree. I did, did you think Grandpa was so dumb that he couldn't tell a, a, a tree limb from a pine limb? That's the reason I come to tell you, because if you found out you'd know it was me and I didn't want to, to be the one that had to bear the consequences.
He did. He, said, he talks like a grown-up. He's, he's seven years old. I think Linda taught him that stuff. But he said, I knew it would be better to tell you first than for you to catch me. I said, well, what I want you to do is to get it out of the tree limb, get it out of the pine tree, take it out in there where Papa throws the brush, pitch it in the backyard. He did. He, his, little, his older brother said, well, I'll help him. I said, no, you won't. He's the one that tore it out. Let him take it. We cut it off and put that spray stuff on it to keep the tree from dying. But regardless of what they do, where it's a tree limb or where it's wrecked of the car, have them a responsibility where they come and tell you what's going on. I know this has not been a, a salvation message or anything, but I had so much stuff here that we'd been here till, till, till maybe the rapture takes place if I'd have tried to tell you everything that I know about. But let me tell you, there's nothing more important than you taking care of your household, your children. I told those inmates, if they'd have had my father, they wouldn't have ended up in prison, and they wouldn't have. Did I, see, I, I, did I tell you that Daddy had a furniture store? And he said, son, school is out at 3 o'clock. If you're not on one of the high school basket, basketball, baseball, or whatever team, team they had, you'd be at the store at 3.30 with a dusting rag in your hand, dusting furniture. Son, if they'd have had a marble team at, at, at London, I'd have played marbles. I would have played anything to keep from having to dust the furniture. But what I'm trying to say is Dad knew where I was at. If you, knew what, if you know where your children are. You know, when my, my girl started dating, I told her, I said, where are you going? Who's going to be there? And if I check, will you be there? And be honest with you, I wasn't above checking. They can't raise themselves. Let's do it this way tonight, this today. And I know we've got a, quite a few fathers here. I didn't even get to tell them what a real man is, did I? Well, quick, you know what a real man is? One pair of shoes, same color, all season. Got one belt. One billfold. And the main thing that a father and a man could do is clean his fingernails with a pocket knife. That's what a real man is. See, a real man is a man that's walking and that when he, when he passes on, his children can follow in his footsteps. My dad passed the baton to my son, my son-in-law, my brother, and I, in 1983. People tell me they hate that I lost my father. I didn't lose my father. See, I know where my father's at. And if you know where it's at, Brother Little, it ain't lost. It's not lost. I wonder this morning, 
How many fathers that we have in this building today? You'd say, Brother Robinson, I know that I'm a child of God. Can I see your hand? I know that. And I was looking around and everybody didn't raise their hand. Oh, you're one of them trick preachers, aren't you? No. I'm just telling you, if you didn't raise your hand, you really need to know the Lord as your Savior. And if I could, there wouldn't be a one walk out of here this morning without knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And let me tell you something. It's very simple for Jesus to become the Lord of your life. All you have to do is ask him to come into your life and forgive you of all your transgressions. And that you will serve him from this day forward to the best of your ability. I've had people tell me, say, Pastor, I can't live it. You can't. I can't. Pastor Ray can't. But you and God can't. You and God can. God said, if God be for us, who can be against us? God said, if greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And I want to tell you something else. We don't have to die to get happy. We can be happy right now. Amen. Head bows and eyes closed and nobody's looking around. You'd say, Brother Robinson... I'm not sure that I'm ready to stand in his presence, but I want to. I want to be able to do that. I want him to be able to do, be the man that he wants me to be. You just lift your hand and take it right back down. Anybody? Unless I missed anyone, we're all in good shape. So, fathers... I want you to do one thing else. Let's all stand. I'd like for every father to find a place to, to come and stand this morning. If you will hurry, we'll get out of here. Brother Ray. <laughs> you don't want me to circle the airport again. You come and take care of these people. How many loves Pastor Ray? I take that a step farther. Come on in, guys, as close as you can. If you're a young man, and you have a desire in your heart. You want to be a father. You're going to be a father. Perhaps you were someone who helped raise a nephew or a niece. And you feel part of that. I want you to feel like you can come. If you, if you hope one day to be a dad, I want you to step out and meet us in this altar. Get in as close as you can. You know, I, I found something on, on my phone. I'll, I'll read it to you. I didn't know I was going to get this opportunity, but I, I, wanted to, I want to share this with you. Listen to this. A careful man I want to be, a little fellow follows me. 
I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be the little chap who follows me. He thinks that I am so very fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me he must not see, the little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer sun and winter snow, I'm building for the years to be that little chap who's following me. There's someone in your shadow this morning. It may be your child, maybe your grandchild, maybe a next door neighbor, maybe a gentleman, a young man in the church or a young lady in the church that doesn't have a parent. This morning, you know, people always kind of sometimes apologize to me on Father's Day. They don't need to. I consider myself a spiritual father. I woke up this morning, grabbed my phone, looked at it first thing at 5.30. This morning, looked at it, and there was four messages from people saying, Happy Father's Day, Dad. People that I had poured into, people that didn't have a father, people that I helped raise, youth ministry for years. Everyone has an effect and an influence on someone. Let me say that again. Everyone has an, inf- has an effect and an influence on someone. And gentlemen, you, are, you and I, were called to be leaders. We're called to be priests, especially you husbands and fathers over your home. And that is a high responsibility. To what Brother Robinson said about you are to represent and you are to emulate, model the very love of God. Your kids will look at you and they'll either like God or not like God based totally on you. That was some pretty good preaching right there. They will love God, obey God, look to God, and they'll think God is like you are. So evaluation starts right here in this altar, right? Am I that man that represents God Almighty? Am I a father? Am I a husband? Am I a Christian gentleman who represents and models the very love of God? Those in your household, they look to him like they see in you. So we're going to commit ourselves in prayer right here, right now. I want to. I want to commit myself. I want you to be challenged this morning because it's. I love what he said. It's not about being the strongest, the toughest, about bringing in the most money. It's not about all those things. He said in the first service, it's easier sometimes to just give somebody $15 as opposed to give them 15 minutes. kids in your family need your time they need your best time they don't need the leftovers they need the best of you it's time to commit the very best of yourself today in this altar we have men in our church I mean look at ladies are you not proud of the men that are standing here in this altar this morning we have men we have fathers. We have good examples and models here. And I can look around this room from the left to the right, and I can see good men who've raised your family, and you're living that example. But all of us are challenged this morning to commit ourselves and dedicate ourselves in such a way that when people look in our face, they see him. Amen? I want you 
because a man don't hold another man's hand. I want you to reach up and put a hand on the shoulder of somebody standing right beside you. That's your brother. We're brothers in this together. I want us to commit ourselves to being men of God, priests of our home, gentlemen who are Christian. Let's pray together right now for one another. Father, as we come before you, Lord, I thank you for the men who are in this church. I pray that you will touch them afresh and brand new with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, you are the great Father. You are our Father, and we thank you that you have given us a tremendous example. Your word, your creation, the glory of who you are and represent your mercy and your love in our own lives. Lord, the way you've never gave up on us, the way that you pursued us, the price that you paid for our salvation, the way that you provide for us, you have set a beautiful and perfect example. I pray that you will challenge our men today that you'll challenge them to be the men of God, the men that you've called them to be, purposed them to be, designed them to be. I pray in the name of Jesus, the enemy will have no advantage over them, that they'll not be given to the cares of this life and the stresses of this world. They'll not set bad examples with anger issues and problems and showing stress to their family. They'll not be a, a father that, that exerts anger in somebody who cannot show patience, kindness, and love. I pray that you'll touch their heart it's brand new and fresh that God you'll challenge all of our men together to be teachers Lord of the other young men in our church to be that example a big brother a father figure I pray this in the name of Jesus and Lord we will not fail to give you the glory and the honor for you're building a great church here in Middletown you're touching us and you're helping us you're strengthening us to be your light and your example in this community I thank you and I praise you for these men. Encourage them today. Fill them with great strength and let them know your power to walk in a wonderful and godly example as we never fail to give you the praise, the honor, and all of the glory. And every man in the house said amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. And don't forget that. Don't forget about being an example to every young man. I don't know how many of those guys over there don't have a dad. But man, one of the greatest things you can do is be a big brother or a father figure to someone who needs that example. That's the beauty of the church. We take care of one another, amen? I want you to take care of your family most of all. And today, I want you to enjoy them. I want you to strike up the grill unless they're going to pamper you. And take care of you but do your best to show love kindness attention do your best to love on them be patient with them kind to them sometimes it's even right for you the best thing you could do is to look at your kids and just say I'm sorry that takes a real man I love you very much enjoy the day with your family and ladies they get the remote today they get their favorite food today, and nobody gets that chair in that corner but them. Amen? All right. God bless you. Enjoy your day.